Clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is this business, you know how they go. You playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. not even really going to start off with the NFL news. This is another episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. This is episode, I think it's, we had 65, this is episode 67, episode 67 of the Bench Mob Podcast. We have today, I don't even know where we want to start off, like, I don't know where we go. Uh, Like, once we start a Patreon, we're going to have a group chat where our followers are able to talk with us during the week. If you saw our chat for the bench mob, it has been spicy and long. I look away from my phone and it jumps to 69 unread messages. It's been bananas this week with everything that's been happening. Heart injury, we'll start there. James Harden gets traded. He bullied his way into Brooklyn. That's where he wanted to go the whole time. I think, you know, how they have in schools, they should have a bully protocol for the NBA because the owners are really, they're getting bullied, and I feel bad for them. James Harden goes to the Nets. The Cavs get Jared Allen, Torian Prince. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second rounder, and the Rockets. The Rockets get Oladipo, Exum, some guy named Karooks. I don't think he's really, he kind of was just throwing in there. They get three first rounders 2022 2024 2026 they get milwaukee's first round in 2022 unprotected and they get four swaps with brooklyn for 2021 2023 2025 and 2027 i think right now houston is catching up in the race to okc to see who could have the most draft picks over the next 15 years who do y'all think Strictly just talking about the trade before we even get into the Kyrie. Who are the winners and losers of this trade in y'all eyes? It's fun. It's weird, though. I feel like there's not really a loser in these trades because Harden wanted out. Oladipo, without saying it, he wanted out. Levert, his role was going to be diminished either way. So now he's in a spot where he can thrive. I think that it's a win-win for all the teams. Like Houston, they they get rid of Harden, who clearly, without having to say it, said that I don't want to be here anymore. Like once a player admits that in that presser a couple of days ago, then it's time to like take what you can get for him and move on. Like he did what he could in Houston. He did his best, but clearly we know that Harden couldn't get them over the hump. And I think he was the the real issue in Houston, not, you know, CP3, Westbrook, all these other scapegoats. But now Houston can take these picks. They can either use them in a trade to get other pieces because John Wall, Christian Wood, and Oladipo is not a bad threesome right there. So they could honestly build a decent team around that. I'm not saying they're going to win a chip, but – they can be competitive. I still think they would have been competitive if Harden gave – I can't say that word, but if he cared at all this year, <laughs> then they could have won some games. But clearly it looked like he was half-stepping half the whole season. So, But I like the trade for everybody. I mean, we'll see what happens. I know Greg probably wants to chime in for his nets, but – uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let him speak on the Nets first before I go into that. <laughs> Who's the winners and the losers in this trade for you, Greg? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think it's safe to say everybody that's our listeners, our followers, and our viewers know 
you view the Nets as a winner in this, but just humor us. Go ahead and tell us how you think about this trade. It's not. It's nothing funny about it. The Nets are the clear-cut winner in the trade by a landslide because they put you in position to play for an NBA championship today, like tonight. Like when they play on that, when they tip off on Saturday, those guys are gonna and they were already in position to play for an NBA championship. But you just got better. You just got better. So. Um, yeah, I think the Nets are the clear-cut winners um, with the trade. That being said, obviously, it doesn't come without its fair share of risk. But if you think – you, I mean, if you think about it, in the history of the NBA, any superstar that goes – especially in the modern-day area where, where there's player empowerment, when you talk about a superstar player going to a team, right, like the like AD going to the Lakers, LeBron going to the Lakers, um, uh, Steph Curry and Clay and those guys being in the Golden State, right – these teams do anything possible to get their hands on other stars to make their main star, their franchise player happy. It's a precedent set for this already. This is surprising. Also, I want to take a moment to tell everybody on the podcast and tell the listeners, I told you so. We put, up, we put up a poll about James Harden and where he was going. Everybody was saying, no, nah, there's no way he's going to Brooklyn, this and that, this and that. When a, when a player of James Harden's caliber says where they want to go, they're going to get there. Like, that's the kind of power they have. And there's no way the owners uh, walk inside of the out of the CBA. Like, there's no way because the, the, without, without, you'd have to talk out player options, basically, at that point. And you're still you can't negate free agency at that point. So it's just really difficult to work that out of the CBA. But, um, no, nah, man, like, I, I, the Nets is a clear-cut winner. Houston did good. I, I don't – I'm actually – it's funny enough. They got a bunch of picks, which is great for them. Um they're not going to be good picks, and that's going to be really good. This is going to be sustainable, in my opinion. Um, I really believe that. And we can talk about that. I'll let Miles go first, but I'll tell you guys why it's, I think it's sustainable. A lot of people don't. But uh, for Houston, all the people want to end up in Miami. So you, it, all the people's contract is expiring. So I, I just don't see, like, you traded Levert, which I think Levert's going to go to Indiana and Blossom, be an all-star. Indiana, Indiana is a secret winner in all this. Um, I love what the Cavs did. Um, but if we're sticking on the um, Houston point, you can lose all the people this summer. So I don't understand, you know, that move just make a lot of sense to me. They, they can talk them into staying in Houston, but there's no state tax in Miami, too. It's not a lot of pointers, you know, there's not a lot of, and Miami's a better basketball team, like, far. So if you lose them, it really is just a weird move for them. What an odd decision. Um, yeah, Cleveland, sneaker winner, too. Jared Allen, you get him. Y'all know I feel about Jared Allen. He's a very good player, blossoming player. Um, I, it sucks that we lost him, but obviously small price to pay for um, a lifetime of happiness um, in the future with the Nets. But, um, nah, guys, like, the, the Nets are a clear-cut winner in this deal. After kind of sneaky because they have Darius Garland, context, and um, I expect Drummond to get moved. I, he's the odd man out. Or Mc, and McKee, too. I, I, one of those guys are getting moved. They have way too many bigs now. Um, so one of those guys are going to get bounced out of there pretty soon, but um is building something out there. Like they're doing okay. Like um, sneakily, you know, they're playing obscurity. No one really cares, but they're doing a good job. Hey, real quick, um, some breaking news we got right here. I want to get y'all original first time hearing it and see what y'all reactions on this. Uh, just came on my phone. One of the sites I follow. It's been some audio released of Jackie McCullen coming on a podcast, Ryan, Ryan Rosillo's podcast, calling NBA players property. Mm -hmm. I want, I'm going to play the clip for y'all and tell me what y'all think about this. This is a conversation she said she had with Kyrie. I want to get y'all initial reaction to it. And the Kyrie part of it without just being a bunch of jerks on podcast. No, I know. I know. Can do this. Well, so I will tell you this. One of the kind I was thinking about all the conversations I've had with Kyrie through the years. One of them I had, I don't know, two years ago, we got into an argument about you know, something. And he's like, well, there shouldn't be an NBA draft. Players should be able to go wherever they want to go. We're not, you know, someone's property. And I'm like, yeah, you are, dude. That's the way it works. That's why you get paid all these millions. And so I really think in Kyrie's mind, he, I think the effects of the capital, I think the effects of the Jacob Blake shooting, I genuinely believe those things affected him. They bothered him. He felt like this, we, we are not putting importance where it belongs. These things are more important. I really believe that. Understand the Kyrie part of it without just being a bunch of jerks on podcasts. No, I know. I know. That was 
the whole clip right there from Jack McCullough, who works for ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, also, within that, I believe they said uh, Bill Simmons compared NBA players to dogs. Um, mm. What's your original, what's your viewpoints on that clip right there of what Jackie McCullough admittedly said? I have so much to say. So much. And property is definitely the wrong choice of words in that scenario. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. But, I mean, Kyrie saying that people should be able to choose where they go out of college, that <laughs> he's, he's an interesting dude, honestly. Um, maybe he'll come on this podcast one day. Hopefully you don't hear uh, any of us talking bad about him. I'm sorry, Kyrie, if you do, but it's, it's all love. But, yeah, property, I mean, I don't want to bring up the slave word, but that's what comes to mind when you hear property and owning somebody because they're paying you money. It sounds like justified slavery, but I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Uh, with that, before you go, Greg, I just got to say this. We're seeing, I think, the tea leaves regarding ESPN. It's been, you know, eluded for years, but they definitely have an issue and they need a training like that we all had at our jobs when all this was happening on racial insensitivity and things you shouldn't say you know they had the difference of the white coaches being let go and Anthony Lynn he was fired ESPN again um and coming out of Jack McCullough's mouth white female it's not really a good look and then Bill Simmons we all know Mm. has had many issues regarding just even treating people correctly like his workers at the ringer right now are on strike for not really getting paid how they should get paid so i mean to me this still just shows it's 2021 but we still getting people exposed for how they really feel about everything but black athletes um Go ahead, Greg, uh, especially also since he, she worked for the Celtics, too, when Kyrie was there. So was she a part of the people writing some of the articles? Who knows? But it's not a good look. And I'm, I'm pretty confident she won't get any punishment from ESPN for this. But go ahead, Greg. It's a common thread with everything that's happening right now, and it's Boston. It's Boston. Like, remember, you said – Bill Simmons is the biggest Boston Celtics fan ever. He's known, he's notoriously known for that, right? He picks Boston. He never talks bad about Boston. That's his team. And then obviously, you know, you got Jackie, Jackie Mack who worked for Boston and is highly respected in the industry, right? She's a respected journalist. Um, there is no secret about it. People, Boston's had their issues with, with racial insensitivity, with racism, right? Um, I know the Red Sox had a post a couple of years ago. Uh, condemning racism, and there were a bunch of Boston uh, Red Sox fans underneath it, just literally spewing the most hateful garbage you'd ever see anywhere, right? Um, so there's that. There's that piece of this. The other piece of it is ESPN doesn't hire nearly enough Black people. Just the reality of it. There's not, there's not enough representation. I know they started the Undefeated. Uh, if you go to the Undefeated's account on Instagram, it's got significantly less followers than any other brand, any other, any other like sub, subsidiary of ESPN. It's got way less followers than anybody else. And, you know, I don't, think that goes, I don't think that goes unnoticed. I don't think they get nearly as much publicity. I don't think they get as much backing from ESPN. That's part of it, too, right? If you have a Black person on that podcast, Ryan Basillo, I think he's still with ESPN. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he might have gone to the ringer um, pretty recently. As podcast moved, um, he was with ESPN. But regardless, um, if there's a Black person on that show, that whole dialogue was a lot different, I promise you. And then... The last piece of this, the Kyrie piece, which I love. I'm happy that she said – I'm really happy she said that because all week I've been feeling like this. Like, what Kyrie's sitting out. I don't have a doubt in my mind that Kyrie is out because of what happened on Capitol Hill. Like, there's no doubt that's why he's out for me. It's not because he's 
tired of playing basketball. It's not because he's crazy. I've heard all types of crazy stuff on the radio this whole week. People will come in left. It's one thing to create a narrative and run with it. But it's a totally different thing to go on your radio show on the fan and come on there and call Kyrie a whack job, um, crazy. Come on, yo, it's, it's, it's inappropriate. Like, to me, you know what I mean? Like, because you don't know what's going on. You have no idea. We, he, these people don't have any more inside sources than we do. And I know that they're reporters, but Kyrie hasn't talked to anyone besides the Nets. Like, no one knows what's actually going on. It's just all conjecture. Even me saying he's sitting out because of what's happening on Capitol Hill is conjecture. I don't actually know that, right? But if you put, if you read the tea leaves last year in the bubble, he says he's willing to give up everything he owned for social justice, right? And now he's out after Capitol Hill happens and after the Jacob Blake um, ruling comes down, right? It's not a coincidence. Come on, like it's really easy to see what's going on here. So for her to go out and say that. No, they're for her to like go out and really drive the point home that they are property. It, it goes to show you where her head's at. And in this time, super insensitive, ridiculous thing to say. I think that she will get delay SP. I think that they are going to have some uh, penalties for that. She may get suspended because she may have, I think she said that a little while ago. I don't know if it was pretty recent. Although, how long ago did that podcast drop? Was that a week? Was that this week? Uh, it had to be recently because she does mention. Kyrie Irving sitting yeah. out, so it had to be within the next two weeks. Yeah, they'll be and the fact that you came out, you said it, and you owned it. Yeah, like you didn't have to tell that story. That's one. You didn't. You really didn't have to tell that story. You thought it was okay to, hey, I'm gonna say this. As you said, Ryan Wasillo's on it. He doesn't say anything to stop it. Like, yo, oh, whoa, not. hold up, pause, pump the brakes. You said not. what? He don't say nothing about it. And how do you say something like that? Calling a Black player and players in general, the NBA is full of black, white, Hispanic, all of that, but majority is black. How do you call players property and then within that same sentence mention all the injustices? It doesn't make any sense. And, and one plus is, one, one plus one obviously don't equal two. Right. And and also this is why I think what Stephen A. Smith did a, a couple days ago in first take was so dangerous. He came out there and said that Kyrie should just retire. This narrative about Kyrie retiring because he's, sit, he's sitting out because he feels strongly about what happened in this country, the injustice. And you're telling him to retire as a black man. Please tell me how it makes sense. It's like Stephen A. Smith saying that if he feels so strongly about, and obviously Stephen A. Smith, look, I got my opinions about Stephen A. Smith. I'm not a big Stephen A. Smith fan. I think he says things for ratings. I think that he is. I think, he, I think he's been diluted by fame, by the money. It's really easy to say what they want you to say when you're making that kind of money, right? Like, I, I really believe that's my honest opinion about Stephen A. Smith. I'm not a big fan. Um, I think everything he says is virtual. It's basically at this point. Um, he burns bridges. But I, I, I really think that that's a dangerous place to go. And we had this discussion in the chat. I, I left it at where it was at. But telling him to retire because he feels strong if he does feel strongly about these things and he's sitting out it's just a complete wrong way to go about it there's no reason why caps have been forced out of nfl different situation i know want to play but it's really not that different like cap strongly about something took a stand in a different way than Kyrie's choosing to take a stand they're both choosing to take stands about something right like if if Kyrie's doing it for this reason still but the idea that you can't play the sports you love if you want to fight if you want to take a stand for, for something you believe in, everyone knows you're right about. No one's arguing that Kyrie's wrong unless, you, unless you're racist, right? No one's arguing that Kyrie'd be wrong if he was sitting out because of what happened at Capitol Hill, what happened with the, with the, um, with the ruling. So the idea that you give up what you love, to me, that's everything that's wrong with the country. Like, that's why, in a sense, I can, if Kyrie's doing it for this reason, there'll be no backlash from me. I think the mass public will come off, will, won't. Well, some people, I don't, I think some people will still be on him. People just love to hate Kyrie. I'm genuinely there with this. Like, hey, Ma, so what do you what do you think about this? Do you think even if that is the reason, if it's not the reason, I remember we talking in the chat, what's your approach on how he's going about it, though? Like, I know we've both said, I personally don't have a problem with it. My thing is the professionalism aspect behind it. What was, what's your take on how Kyrie is approaching activism, if that's what he's doing? Yeah, you see how we've – I can't even count on my, on my own hands how many times we've said if in the last two minutes because we don't even know 
what he's sitting out for, what the actual reason is, because he hasn't actually come out and said anything. He's just been out for a week and some change now. So there's there's always been this narrative about Kyrie. He's a bad teammate. He's toxic. He, I don't think he's actually toxic. I think Kyrie's just misunderstood. But this doesn't help that narrative that people believe if you don't come out and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play right now because of what happened last week at the Capitol or the not guilty verdict for Jacob Blake. Like it, it's, it's so many ways he could have gone about this, and that's the only issue I have with it is that just say what you're sitting out for. Don't leave us all in in the dark because then that's where you let people run with these stories. You let Stephen A. say you need to retire. That's where everybody's bashing you when you're not even defending yourself. Like, you know what you're sitting out for, you know, if it's right or wrong. And then having videos come out that you're at a party and, or on a zoom call for a district attorney, it's like all the, all the things that people are saying right now could be easily, easily wiped out. If we just know what you're sitting out for. Like I, I wouldn't have a problem if he's sitting out for those reasons. Like if he's sitting out because of everything that's going on in this country, sure, I'm behind him 100%. We, we saw what happened last year with everything. I wasn't opposed to what he was saying last year with the bubble, how we shouldn't even be playing when there's so much discord in this country between blacks and whites. And I, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like Kyrie's, he's a smart guy. Like nobody's debating that he's a smart guy. Just sometimes he makes decisions without thinking of the repercussions that come with those decisions. So like he's sitting out personal reasons, the Nets seem agitated by it. We just want to know what's up, bro. Like, that's it. Like we're behind you 100% if it's the right reasons. But if you're sitting out, for something other than that, then that's where you leave yourself open for being attacked every day, which is basically what it's been for the last week. Yeah, whether even, again, even if it's the right reasons, as you said, there's consequences in life for everything, whether it's the right decision, whether it's the wrong decision. The thing, my viewpoint on it is the professional aspect. Um, Communicate. You, if you don't want to talk to the media, have your team release a report. Tell the net, say this on my behalf, because they're obviously speaking on his behalf, telling the media something. We're only hearing anything of what's going on from the net's perspective. And that's where it's an issue also, because the nets are making it seem probably because he requested them not to say anything. But with the nets coming out saying, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't, we can't say what he's staying out for. It's just personal reasons. Isn't a good look either. Now, he could be cool with this. He could be cool with the backlash. He could be cool with everybody saying whatever they want about him. And even more reason why he probably won't say nothing. It probably isn't phasing him. Just on a professional aspect, you get paid to play this game. Um, It's a part of your contract. Just say something. Because your team is your team needs you. You guys have so much writing on this season. Now you have Harden being at the party. You it might be you know two weeks now that he's before he's even able to come back because now you got to go through COVID protocol. Like it's a lot of things that is just isn't a good look. And just saying anything, explaining could really put an end to most of this. Now, as Greg alluded to it. Kyrie is a person that people like to hate. They like to be able to rag on him and not going to say he doesn't help in that and some of the things that he does. But I think it's just absolutely absurd seeing people negate everything that he's done as if, all right, this situation negates him paying for nine HBCU students' tuition, him helping the WNBA players out, during the bubble, putting money towards that, helping the first responders, like all the things he's done. Uh, we can't just make it out as Kyrie is this, this demonic 
worst person in the world, toxic person. He has a good heart. I just think sometimes he goes about it the wrong way. But with him, you see James Harden doing what he did to the point. I mean, hey, if he went to practice, we might have saw Boogie get down because they not dealing with his disrespect. He wasn't professional in handling how he did what he did. You see AD forced his way out in a trade last season. Do you think the player empowerment movement is kind of going too far? Or is this where the NBA is going from here on out? I, mean, I would think that they're the ones that have all the power, honestly, because if they don't play, you can't sell tickets. You can't – like, that's the main point. Like, that's why these players, they feel so powerful now because they know that, honestly – we're the ones getting paid 40 something million dollars a year. We're the ones bringing in the ticket revenue. You're selling my jerseys. Like if I don't want to play for you, you, you lose all that revenue for the jerseys that I was playing for you in. So that's why like, what are they going to do with all those James Harden jerseys that are out in Houston now? <laughs> I saw a car wash, a, a car wash. They're uh, taking in all the jersey. You get a free car wash if you bring your James Harden jersey. Which is funny. I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of car washes that are going to – that's not going to work for, for more than a day. That's probably a one-day special for that. But, yeah, the, the player empowerment, I I like it because these owners, they've always felt like they're bigger than the player. They can – I mean, you, you even go back to Donald Sterling a few years back, how he he said some things that – made you think back to slavery like how did how does an owner speak about his players like this i don't i don't understand it but let's see what happens with uh future trades because of this hardened trade because honestly he pouted for the first what how long has the season been three weeks the first three weeks of the season clubbing at houston strip clubs and all that stuff doing everything he can to get out of Houston. And what happened? Three weeks later, he's gone. So clearly it works. If you throw a tantrum and you don't want to be somewhere, you'll, you'll get your way most more times than not. So that's all I got to say about that. I think concerning it, I'm all for player empowerment. Um, a lot of what Donald Sterling did, a lot of owners feel that way. They just didn't get caught. It's just not on tape. A lot of them feel that way. We have what, if it's safe to say, Michael Jordan is the only black owner in the NBA, if I'm correct. So it's a lot of owners that feel that way. Um, a lot of owners we saw when it was, everything was going down with the bubble, wasn't really, some of them did push back on trying to give their money towards black causes. Um, they, a lot of them feel that way. The only thing I would say, though, to be aware of is 2022, they're renegotiating the CBA. Trust and believe the owners are going to bring stuff up like this in those new deals. 2022, not saying that it'll be able to be stopped, but they're definitely going to try to have a conversation about it to make some changes. And it still is a way to me to go about getting your trade happen going about getting your thing done. Because yes, if you're James Harden, if you're Anthony Davis, if he didn't do this, but if you're LeBron James, if you're a Kobe Bryant, you have the cachet and Russell Westwood, you have the ability to start them to do, look, I bring X amount of money to your team. I don't want to play for you no more. Get me out of here. But players like Oladipo, who it's safe to say wanted to leave, he doesn't get that opportunity in a sense. He's not on their level, so the people below, go ahead, Oladipo, RJ Barrett, players like that. If you make a complaint, you don't get the luxury of going where you want to go. James Harden got to go where he wanted to go because it's James Harden. Every, everybody else in the league that's not in that top 10 players, the superstars, they can't do that. So I think they got to thing about doing it in a professional way where it doesn't hurt the whole NBA brotherhood. But Greg, I know you love it, especially being that he ended up 
to Brooklyn. Big picture, though, even outside of him ending up Brooklyn, I I don't feel bad for the owners in this. Right. The owners be the victim. You know what I mean? Like, how could the owners be even made up to be the victim for even a second? Roman Fertitta is the owner of the Rockets. Roman Fertitta is a known Trump supporter. He went into the campaign, all of it. All right? Fact check me on that, listeners. He did that, right? It was, it was out there. So I feel bad because James left 15. James made that man billions of dollars, right? He was state lost money when James left Houston. It was that big of a deal, right? As big as Texas is. So look, I, I feel bad for the fans. Do you like the way James Harden handled it? That's a whole different discussion. We can have that conversation on the side. No, right? You don't disrespect your teammate. That was where he crossed the line. To me, it wasn't the club. The club was unprofessional. But whatever, like I can, you can stomach it. What was in the club during these times, right? During COVID and ignoring the rules. But going on that podium and making it about your teammates is where he went wrong. Now, he obviously knew the trade was coming down the pipe. He wanted to push, he wanted to force the Rockets' hand, and he had leverage. Apparently, he hired um, a yes. same agent that Russell Westbrook yes. had. Yes. And, West, and Westbrook. Or, that agent, Westbrook gave him specific orders to orchestrate the trade to go to Washington, apparently. That's what ha- apparently, that's what I read. And then James hired the same guy and told him, hey, get me to Brooklyn. You have one job. Get me to, I'm hiring you for justice. Get me to Brooklyn. I think his name's Watt, uh, Watt, uh, Wasserman. 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 So, yeah. yeah. Um, look, the NBA, players having, the NBA players having power is a great thing. It is. Look, the, the days of being a fan of a basketball team, like the younger generation coming up, like I'm a fan of the Nets, right? I always will be. That's us. You're a fan of the Knicks, Miles. Tragically enough, you are forever. But my, my little brother is going to root for players. He's not going to root for teams. And it's because of the power they have. You can't have stable enough. If a player is tired of the situation, he can just up and go. It's a good thing. Think about it this way. I think about it this way too, the listeners. Name another industry in the world where a black person has that much power? Only fans. Only, only fans, fair enough. I think that's well, what I did. Sports industry. <laughs> so the sports industry, and yo, football's not even like that. No. Football's not even like that. You know, it, no matter how good you are, Alvin Kamara can't, Alvin Kamara can ask for a trade tomorrow. I see he, he is playing the rest of his contract, I promise you. They, they, will, they will avoid, they will do whatever they can. Keep them, they will franchise tag them. Football, they treat they treat these guys like animals. Let's just be honest; it's worse than football. So, I will never be mad about an NBA player being able to exercise his own freedom, especially when you get to the height that James Harden's at. James Harden's earned this. James Harden, Harden has earned the right to call his own number. He do it the right way. Whole different discussion. No, we can talk about that because he wants to practice the next day. I promise you, it's gonna be fight. I promise you, it's gonna be hands. I, I'm about to listen to a podcast about that later on, um, about the, what would have happened because um, it had Vernon Maxwell on the right time with Bomani Jones. Shout out to him. That's a great podcast. Love that podcast. But um, that's free promo. But um, still, like the, the point is, I'll never be upset about an NBA player being able to exercise that that kind of power because they've earned it. Earned it. They're worth billions of dollars. They understand that. Kyrie understands that. Now you can disagree with the way about Kyrie. The way about the way Kyrie goes about. Building and using his power, utilizing that power, but you can't tell me that you don't see why. Like you, you don't see why he might utilize the power the way he's doing it. Just let's put out a tweet. That's it. All you gotta do is tweet. You know, that's the way I see it. But you know, again, I'm all for player empowerment. I think it's it's gonna continue. It's it's gonna get. You know, Harry won't be the last guy to sit out five, a game for personal reason. I, I don't think it's gonna be. He won't. I'm telling you. I think you'll definitely see it. Something I wanted to ask y'all, another player in Houston is not happy with his position uh, in the NFL, Deshaun Watson. Do you think, just throwing this out, do you think Deshaun Watson will try to be the first Mm. player to do what is done in the NBA and force his way out? Because how Houston has handled their coaching search and how they've handled putting players and a team together to actually be successful. They've sucked at it. 
And I think Deshaun Watson has had it up to here. What have you you've seen Andre Johnson, who doesn't tweet, who does not go on Twitter, decide to go on Twitter and tell Deshaun Watson to get out as if it's the movie. And DeAndre Hopkins hopped on that same tweet and was like, yeah, it's time to go. Do you think Deshaun Watson will be that first NFL player to, hey, I'm forcing my way out. I'm not playing. Yes. Yes. He's, he's going to change the paradigm. He's going to change the paradigm in the NFL. He's going to do it. He's, gonna, he's worth he's worth five first-round picks. Like, he's that good. He was the best quarterback by the numbers this year in the NFL. By the numbers. He's amazing. I, he's going he's gonna to change the way business is done, or he's going to at least try to. I, I think he's going to ask for formally ask for a trade. And Andre Johnson doesn't, yeah, doesn't tweet, quiet guy, was quiet most of his career until he fought, but it was one situation where he fought a player, never forget Portland, that. Uh, Portland Finnegan. Portland Finnegan. That was wild, yeah, but that's legendary stuff, like stuff of legend. But, um, no, yeah, I, I think he's going to try to fork his way out of Houston, um, and rightfully so. What, what have they done? All these years, it's not it's not Sean's fault. This team hasn't won. It's not JJ Watt's fault. They've wasted JJ Watt's career, right? Like they just wasted it. Think about it. How old is JJ Watt? He's over 30. He's gotta be over 30. I, I and I gotta okay, fact check you. Um, but they've wasted that his he's a marvelous player, wasted his career. They do this all the time. They get these great players and they don't do anything with them. And the ownership, <laughs> the ownership doesn't deserve Deshaun Watson. Did McNair? What am I forgetting about McNair? What, there was a, there was a something glaring to happen about McNair, and I'm gonna pull it up while Miles goes, and I'll tell, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back about this. But McNair, he, made, he definitely made some comments about Cap that were un, that were unruly, bro. I know for a fact. I'm just trying to remember. Um, All of them did. <laughs> All those <laughs> owners made. Oh, for sure. I think McNair was stupid enough to go public with it. It, it got out that McNair had some comments about Cap, or it was a situation like that. He doesn't deserve Deshaun Watson services. Hey, look, if they'll be lucky if they can they'll get a ton of picks in a trade, they'll get a they can get a French, they'll get a quarterback that is talented in return. All right, like you know what I'm saying? Like I trade Daniel Jones tomorrow for him. I'm keeping it a buck. That's how good Deshaun Watson is. No, it's, it's, it's levels to this, okay? Deshaun Watson right now is 25 years old. He was the best quarterback in football in a league where Pat Mahomes plays. Aaron Rodgers played. Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback by the numbers, PFF. As PF, like if you look it up, PFF has the highly, the most highly rated quarterback is Deshaun Watson. That's just what they have. He was really, really good last year. They weren't bad because of him. In fact, they were only holding water because Deshaun was playing. So, now nah, I'm excited about that whole thing coming to coming out because I think he's gonna he's gonna make a big splash. Two things: JJ Watt is 31 years old. By the way, just to fact check that information, Miles. Being that, I think it's safe to say we all agree on here that. Deshaun Watson has played his last game as a Houston Texan. What do you, what team do you think would be the best fit for Deshaun Watson? I like Miami, me personally. Miami's a good fit because they got picks to throw in there. You could throw two in there because I know I don't I don't really think they like him because he hasn't really shown that he can be a franchise quarterback. It's early, but. The first two quarterbacks taken in the draft looked so much better than him. He looked like he was a second-round pick. But I feel like the Bears are a, a team that should be a sleeper pick for Deshaun. One, they should have never passed on him. Well, they passed on Mahomes and him, but they should have never passed on him in the first place. Two, this guy is elite, and they have a good defense. I feel like that defense would be top two if they had a competent quarterback, because who's they're on the field all the time because of Trubisky and all, all his uh, tribulations that he's had in his career. But I think that's the best fit. I don't know if they can ante up the, the picks and players if need be, but I don't know. Deshaun, he's, he might've played his last game in Houston. I don't know. It's something about Houston that people want to get out of there. <laughs> I think concerning the Bears, the only thing with that, they would need to get a run game, especially with the weather that they got up there. You know, cold weather places, you want to have some type of resemblance of a run game, which they don't have. I think the Bears are an option. I just think in the best interest of Watson also, they have a lot more, I think, going on for Miami than Chicago. And if they had a Deshaun Watson, I think we see them actually getting to the playoffs this year. 
when they were on the cusp of getting in there. You add Watson to that mix, they're a playoff team, in my opinion, with what he's been able to do, give him some talent. Uh, getting back to the NBA real quick, though. So we have this trade now. We have Harton in Brooklyn. One, does this make them the favorites to win it all? And who has more pressure, KD to lead this team or Harton to actually show up in the playoffs? What about Kyrie? He doesn't have any pressure. I think – I feel like the pressure might be on Kyrie the most because he, he moves down the line on this team. It's going to be a little tougher because now you got three guys who – really need the ball in their hands on a, a consistent basis. So now you got to figure out how all three of them can coexist. If you look at the big three in Miami, you had LeBron who had the ball in his hands most of the time. Bosch turned into a spot up shooter and Dwayne Wade wasn't as good as he was before that. He was still great, just not as good as he was when he was playing with Shaq. So now who's going to take that hit and who's going to be okay with that? Because all these guys are elite. KD's clearly the best player on this team. I think Kyrie's the one who needs to figure out his role now. Because, I mean, Harden, if you looked at the teams that he's played on in Houston, he's been the guy bringing the ball up, dribbling it 20 out of 24 seconds of the shot clock. So let's see what happens now that he's on this team. Because They've traded so many assets to get them. So clearly it's a win now move. And let's see if Kyrie can buy in now. That's the main thing, getting getting guys to buy in and accept their role, because that was the main thing in Cleveland. He didn't want to play Robin to LeBron's Batman. So he wanted out, went to, Cel went to the Celtics. I feel like it wasn't a good fit for him. Over there, I think the fit over in Brooklyn was good before this trade, and now it's kind of like, now where do I fit? So now that's why I'm anxious to see when he comes back how everything shapes out. Do you have them as the favorite in the East? Mm, I mean, you kind of have to by default because it's like those three guys on one team in 2K, you probably, like they said, you – that's a team that you're not allowed to pick because it's a cheat code. <laughs> all three of these guys that are elite, they're all like above a 90 on 2K. So, I mean, yeah, that should put them as the front runner, no matter who, so, who they have back in the month. They could have a six-man rotation at this point. It's still the favorite. So last thing before Greg goes, um, because I know he has a very interesting perspective on this. Uh, do they have enough to beat the Lakers? No. No, I don't. The Lakers play great defense. I don't think that anyone's being. The Lakers are a great team. They're a great team. Like they really are. Um, so no, I, I don't see. I, I don't think the Nets will get to the finals. That that I know. I don't. I don't think that they're going to beat the Lakers. The Lakers. LeBron's going to repeat, um, which is going to be quite the accomplishment. But can I go now? Is that okay? Oh, all right. Just making sure. So. Um, about the pressure point, um, Kyrie has the least amount of pressure on him out of all of them, in my opinion, because Kyrie's proven in the playoffs. That's simple. That, that If you want to talk about basketball, Kyrie's proven. He's hit big shots in the finals, game seven. It's the biggest, one of the biggest shots in NBA history. He's got that under his belt. He's always going to have that. He's a big he's a big game performer. That's the, you know, whenever the lights are brightest, Kyrie performs. He's going to come give you 30 points. That's how, he's great. The pressure is going to be on a combination. It's not – it's not just one guy. If I had to say it was more pressure on one than the other, I'd say it's, I'd say it's KD and Harden, man. KD and Harden, are, it's, it really is both of them because from the KD angle, KD came from a 73-win team, went, joined a 73-win team, which was much maligned. Everybody had a lot to say about it. I had a lot to say about it. I hated it. Um, and he's won. And people act like those championships are watered down. In my opinion, championships are different. They are weighted differently. Those are not weighted the way LeBron's championship in 2016 was against that 73 win team. They just aren't. So, yeah, KD has something to prove. And he knows that. Subconsciously, he may act like he doesn't know that, but he knows it. Harden hasn't performed in the playoffs. Last year in the bubble, that was pitiful. So, Harden 
has a ton of pressure on him. Harden goes over there and doesn't slim down and lose that Hardy's weight and play great basketball this season and play great in, in the postseason. People are going to trash him too. So it's KD and it's Harden. They both have a ton of pressure on them. On them. It's really ironic they're coming together to play together this year because they're really at both the pivotal points in their careers. And Harden knows this. Harden knows he doesn't win a championship. He'll never get the respect he truly deserves. He's what Nets have the two greatest scorers in NBA history on their team. Like, that's a fact. Is that my hot take today? I guess my hot take. If people don't agree, I don't know what you're watching. But the Nets have the two greatest scorers, one and two. KD's number one, Harden's number two on their team. There is no excuse not to win a championship on this run. Um, if looking at this big picture, the move overall, um, KD definitely is the reason why Harden's here. Katie wanted to play with Harden. That's, that's out now. We know this. It's been reported. So when people say, all of them have opt out in a year or so, blah, blah, blah. Look, they're all going to resign. I, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I don't, I don't have a question about that. I know it's a volatile situation. So I get why it's people can speculate on that. That's fair. But I think they're all going to resign. I think Katie's staying. Uh, Katie commented under the Nets post saying Nets World when the Nets announced it. She's very excited about playing with Harden. Um, as well, so like I, I think it, I think it's gonna work. They are not winning this year, and if you talk about the pressure, it's it's, it's KD one A and Harden one B. I think Harden has a little more pressure on him. Last year he was actually horrible in the playoffs. It was unacceptable. So. I think Harden has the most pressure. He has he hasn't won anything. The two his two compadres on that team have championship rings. He comes into the locker room. His fingers are naked unless he's throwing on a fashion overring. He don't have any jewelry. He he just don't. So he got the most approved. He has not come up big in playoff moments. He's been in a situation where he could have got to the finals. That game seven, which will never go away until he wins a chip. That game seven where they're in Houston should beat the Warriors. He doesn't show up. I don't know if he went to the turkey hut. Over in Houston the night before, was was playing on a full stomach. There. Some good food out there, man. I can't blame him for being overweight. It's Houston, you could throw a rock on a block and hit five different restaurants with that same. I promise you. So great eats out there. I've heard. Yo, before on. we transition to talk about the divisional round, Jay Williams came out and said he thinks this might be the best assembled like super team ever. Before we transition, do we have any disagreements on his sediments? That's three players. It's the best three players on any team at the same time. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's not a knock on Bron. None of them. None of these players are better than LeBron James. I'll make that clear. But the best, the most, the best, the most talented trio of all time. This is the most skilled trio of all time. It was the most skilled duo of all time before Harden got here. It's the most skilled trio of all time now. That's that's a fact. Like, show me the trio. Show me the trio is better. Please, Miles, what do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, I'd say that the best three definitely would be uh, Harden, Durant, Kyrie. But like team wise, I wouldn't. Yeah, put them up there. Like if if we're judging them on the the rest of the team then I don't know if I would go that far. You know, the Lakers had all those players in the 80s. Who else? I mean, it's tough, though. It's kind of tough to... Well, it's hard because the Nets haven't played a game yet. Yeah, they haven't, played, their three. They haven't played a game yet. Yeah, we haven't... Harden's going to make his debut on Saturday night. It'll just be Harden and KD. It won't be Kyrie yet. When those guys get together and have a, a, a three-quarters of a season to play together... We can talk about best team. We can try to then. But if we're talking about just as far as the talented players being put together and being assembled, never been a more skilled trio in NBA history. Never. And that includes KD's trio with uh, with uh, Clay and Steph. He's, this is just better. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah, I don't have any disagreement here. The biggest thing is that seeing them play, I feel they're not going to win this year, just like Miami didn't win their first year. I think they'll retool in the summertime and figure out what they need. 
and then they'll come back next year and it'll it'll be uh it'll spicy be to see. Yeah, it'll be, be something that matchup. I think we'll see Brooklyn LA again next year. Um, but it'll be a different Brooklyn team. I think well, they'll be adding some pieces. Before we transition to the NFL, let me just say this too for all the people listening. For everybody who's questioning whether or not this is gonna work, I, I Charles just called them the dribble brothers on, on TNT um before the game on the, the little show they have there. So that's he's, he's funny. What what I would say about it working is go back for all for everybody who listens to the podcast, go back and watch J- film of James Harden playing in OKC before he went to Houston. When he played with Westbrook and he played with um Harden. Just go back. He was getting buckets off Iverson screen, spot up, banana screens. He was, yo, he played basketball, a, a beautiful brand of basketball before he, he linked up with, with Dantoni. I think he can go back to that. James Harden is generally – He's a basketball – yeah, but D'Antoni also realizes he has, it's a different situation. He can't put the ball on James Harden's hands and expect these guys to sit on the side and watch. Now, what they can do is they're going to stagger minutes. James Harden will be on the TLC with Gioza, with guys on the bench, and he'll just do his thing. Go do your thing. Dominate, right? Go get 30 in. Go get 30 in, in two quarters. Go do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll, you, they'll stagger the minutes. When you guys on the floor together, I think Harden can play beautifully off ball. I think it's in a – I just think he's going to surprise some people. Harden's a way better passer than he gets credit for and a way smarter player than he gets credit for, too. He's just gotten into an ugly style of basketball. We can bring D'Antoni. But it worked for Houston those years. He didn't win, but they were a very good team. For every year he was there, like honestly, right? So I just think he's going to have to adapt. And I think people saying he can adapt are really underestimating how much of a basketball genius James Harden is. He's a top five player in the NBA. The Nets have two top five players in the NBA. Just like the Lakers do. And he got Kyrie. All right. So I just think Kyrie is maybe a little more of the X factor. We got to see, we haven't seen him play off ball, but I know hard. I know Harden can. And I know KD can. So I think Kyrie's going to be the one who gives up the least out of all three of them. That's what I think. I think Kyrie's going to be in the net, in that, in that, that freestyle game that he plays. It's not going to change much for him. But for KD and for, for Harden, it'll be different. If it was me, if I'm coaching, I'm putting the ball in Harden's hand. Right now, he's leading the league in assists right now, and that's 10, 15 pounds overweight, going to clubs every night, drinking Kool-Aid, telling teammates they suck, and he's still averaging 11 assists. And he, the teammates know he don't want to be there, so he's still able to get 10, 11 assists a game. Let him run the offense, put Kyrie in spots to score. KD can go back to Warriors KD, where I'm just playing off the ball, doing cuts, put me in the pose and it's going to be times where the beautiful thing about these three out of all of them, Katie is the most automatic bucket. Katie mm-hmm. can go get 12 straight, greatest do another scorer. 10. There go 25 mm-hmm. right there. Yep, greatest get to the free throw line. James Hart is going to get to the free throw line. The only person where I think they're going to have to actually put more effort into getting his buckets is Kyrie. James yep. Harden. Because James Harden gets to the free throw when he wants to, and he's back in shape. James Harden's going to get 14, 15 free throw attempts. Right. He's going to knock down five to seven threes. Right. Boom. That that could be done in the first half, honestly. He KD, be we saw it last night. KD, we saw it last night. I I, I was laughing because DeAndre Jordan came up to set a screen while Kevin Knox was guarding KD. KD looked at him like, bro, what's wrong with you? Move. Boom. Pulled up three with ease. One dribble. Boom. I think that was crazy. I, I just think the scoring is not going to be their problem. It's defensively scoring. I, I, they might, they might lead the, I think this will probably be, we'll have to look up the facts because nobody here has been studying basketball their whole life. I think this will be one of the first times you see three players on one team average over 25. That's a hot thing. That's supposed to be my thing. He's stepping on my territory. That's a, that's a good hot take too. I I think this. Is, you think so? You're saying this is gonna work because there's no if if those three guys have 25 points a game, um, they're gonna they're gonna win they're gonna win a ton of games obviously, and they're gonna blow through the playoffs. Like Giannis has no chance. It's it's done. It's, we already know Giannis ain't got no chance. Giannis don't till he can shoot. He ain't got no chance. Go ahead, Miles. Please, Miles. You've been awfully quiet. The resident Knicks fan. My man, 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 just in case, just in case Miles gonna come left, the resident Knicks fan. We don't know what's about to come. We don't, we don't know what he about to say 
Hey, 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 first of all, Miles, Miles, why your attitude? Talk to me about last night, bro. He was, hey, in the chat, he was talking all crazy about that game coming up because the Knicks had won a couple, and and their Julius Randle was 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 he still looked good. Julius you know, Randle got off last night. You know, Julius Randle game. RJ had a good game, quick, but that's Randall. not. What do you mean? RJ had a good game last night. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna check the box score. I didn't, please, please. I'm gonna yo, keep it a stack. Yo, I'm gonna keep it a stack. I don't know. I don't know how he played. I turned it off after the second quarter. I don't know how RJ Barrett played. So I watched the whole the game, score. bro. All right, you it was horrible. You didn't, clear, you didn't watch the whole game clearly because I look, watched the whole game. And you were just watching your side of the basketball. You weren't watching the other well, side. There was, well, there wasn't much to see from the Knicks. Considering the Knicks, the Nets were up by twenty the whole game. Uh, here we go. The attacking. <laughs> Yo, what's the numbers? What's the numbers, bro? Give me RJ's numbers real quick, please. Yeah, run, run, run up the uh, the numbers real quick. Please, please. All right, man. I know it's saying I'm about to break it down further. But he had 20 points, uh, five boards, three assists. I'm gonna break down his shooting percentages, but seems like decent numbers. You know the percentages yet, bro? I watched that game. He was not a good game. Like. I don't even know he ended up with 20, bro. He had, a, he had a rough first half, and then he got hot in the second half. That's what he finished better than he did at the start of the game. Yeah, I didn't watch the second half. I, From what I saw that first half, it seemed like the only person that was keeping him in Please. the same breath was Julius Randle. Quickly came in, was doing good off the bench. I like quickly for y'all. Quickly's good, man. Good pick. The Knicks did something right. Like, it must feel weird for Knicks fans. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like, yo, RJ, yo, I hanging out to this RJ Barrett hope still. You know, he just turned like twenty years old, like a few months ago. I, I, I keep saying that. So, we bashing teenagers now. We. <laughs> yes, bro. I'm in the business of bashing teenagers. <laughs> I think I still think he's got room to grow. Clearly, he does. I think the structure of the team puts him at a disadvantage sometimes because. We were hot that first week shooting the three, but this isn't a three-point shooting team. So the spacing isn't ideal for this team. And seeing as how he's not LeBron James type of athlete, he needs more space to operate. Plus, he needs the ball in his hands more times than he gets, mainly because they keep running this Alfred Payton guy out there every game. And he can't hit a shot if he was doing form shooting under the hoop. I don't get it. Like, quickly is so much better for this team. Like he single-handedly brought the Knicks back into the game because of the energy level. And every time that we take Alfred out and put quickly in, it's automatically a positive. So that's my stance on that. I didn't even get a chance to watch the game, but I don't care. It was, it's the second, third week of the the season. I mean, clearly, clearly, yeah, I didn't miss anything. Clearly y'all should have won the game anyways. Y'all have a better team. I admit that I'm not delusional. Hey. Like, hey, well, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run the stats real quick. I'm delusional. RJ Barrett had 20, seven for 15, so he shot a little bit under 50% right there. One for four from three, five rebounds, three assists. Quickly though, off the bench, seven for 15. Also, three for six from three, with 19 points. While Alfred Prayton was three for 11 with seven points and four assists. I mean, I like quickly a lot. what more do we have to say? Like, whenever quickly's coming to the game, he's got to start. He's got to start. I've been start. saying it. I've been saying it from the start of the season. I, I mean, don't like Tibbs. Alfred had a good run at the beginning. He, he had a couple bad games, then we got hot, and he was playing well. But now he's back to what we thought he was. I mean, the change is coming soon. I because Tibbs likes to put him out there and let him run with the starters at the end of these close games. That's already shown me enough that he trusts quickly. So now it's it's just time for him to trust him to start, which, I mean, he's a 20-year-old rookie, so we still haven't seen him play against some of the elite point guards in this league. I think he can do it, but we'll see. But what was the question? I think we got off topic. We, <laughs> we did get derailed. Yeah, we did. Nah, you, you good. Um, I think we know what Alfred Prayton is at this point. 
I say you give starter minutes to quickly and split those minutes with Peyton and Dennis Smith Jr. Let's see where Dennis Smith Jr. is at. I'm over it. I'm over to Dennis Smith Jr. All he's good for is a quick shout out and a J. Cole. So the Knicks, the Knicks broke the Knicks broke him. The Knicks broke Dennis Smith Jr. It's your it's their fault that he's bad. Because he was never in in Dallas, he had promise. He came with promise. Remember? Yeah. It's not that long ago. And he comes there. I know his, I know he had a death in the family. God bless him. It um, wasn't all that, but it's but almost gotten worse. It's gotten worse. But I think I think he needs a, a another chance under a new system. You got Tibbs there, and if anything, give him exactly give him some playing time, so then you could trade him. I'm just talking strictly on being a fan of Dennis Smith Jr., hoping that he gets another chance. Like sometimes you see, even with Markel Fultz, you get in a new system, a new place mm. where you're wanted, and you flourish. Before we trade this, I totally forgot about this. Before we transition to football, I have to ask, do we trade Ben Simmons? Now, he didn't get traded yesterday, but he's on the trade block. Bradley Bill, they're saying, is an option in that. I think some of his play that hasn't been well is because his name has been in trade rumors, and that probably was messing with him mentally. Do the Sixers trade him? Yes, the trade's inevitable for all the Sixers fans to hang on. Um, Noah, if you, you're going to see this clip, we can tag Noah uh, in this clip here. Your, ben Simmons, your favorite player, is going to get traded. It is inevitable. Uh, prepare yourself. And, and Noah wants this to happen. He thinks that – and I'm referring to one person, but I think that Ben Simmons fans, Ben Simmons fans, think that the system – he's being held back by the system and the way they play. He's being held back by playing with Joel Embiid. And maybe they're right. Maybe you, Ben Simmons goes to a team with a bunch of shooters and they space the floor and he can pass and play in the open court. And his numbers skyrocket. Still not going to playoff. Ben still won't win the playoff because Ben can't shoot. Ben has Ben's hole in his game. Like, I know everyone wants to focus on what he does at an elite level. And he, he's an elite defender, elite rim runner, or elite at the basket finishing. That's great. And a great passer. But it, you, when you have a hole in your game that, that that's, that's that wide and you haven't, even made a dent in getting better. How many years in are we? Are we in fourth year now? Fifth year? Fifth? Yeah, it's just it's it, there's no way it's just ridiculous. Like there's there's no way that you can build your franchise around Ben Simmons, and that's the way the Sixers treat him. The money they pay him like a franchise corner cornerstone type of player, and that's not it. So yeah, it's, it's inevitable. They have to level up, and the, the best way to do it is to get a guy like Brad. Brad would make him a lot better, but I don't know that this. I'm not sure the Wizards would make that trade. So keep an eye out for that. You got to see what you got to see what Ben's value is around the league at the end of the season. You have value, but is he worth? Why would Houston? Houston making that trade would have confused me too. Think about it. John Wall, he's playing great. John Wall's better than Ben. Like, bro, he's better than Ben. Like, what's up? Am I am I bugging? No, no. I think Ben Simmons would have to go to a team where there isn't a point guard there. If the Wizards were to do this trade, they just they're just trying to rebuild and just tanking because that would probably be the worst brand of basketball to watch him and Westbrook together. That would be hard to watch. You got two certified that's a lot. bricks. On your team. Yeah, that's hey. Now with them on the team, they can build a lot of homes in areas where there aren't, you know, ability to build homes. So if they get on the same team, I think it'll be great for the community. But go ahead, Miles. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just funny that he's only looked at as solely a point guard because that's all he really brings to the table. He doesn't shoot well. He doesn't really play his position, which is power forward. So that limits the teams that he can really go to. Because if you're looking at him as like his size, you would say, all right, that would be a good trade for the, the Rockets. He could play the small forward position, but he doesn't do anything at that position for his team. Like he, he grabs boards. I'll give him that. He's a good passer, but not every team he's going to go on to. He's going to be that main guy running the show. 
So if you can't shoot and you can't like your offensive game is limited, that kind of hinders the team that you go to. And it also hinders the the Sixers on places that they can trade them because it I'm that that Rockets trade would have never worked. Like you said, John Wall's there already. It wouldn't have worked. I mean, they would have gotten better defensively, but that's about it. I don't know any other teams that he'd be good at playing for. Maybe you send him to the Knicks or something, but even that, I wouldn't want a, another point guard who can't shoot. We already got a smaller version in Alfred Payton. So that's a waste of assets at that point. So Ben Simmons, yeah, he's the guy who has to get traded. I remember last year we were saying who would be the most likely to get traded from the Sixers, and I think I said Embiid. But now I'm changing my stance because I don't know how you trade Embiid because he's probably the best center in the league when he's healthy, like fully healthy. And Ben Simmons is just – he is what he is. He's like a very good basketball player. But that's just not good enough for the Sixers to get over this hump that they've been stuck at for the last, what, three or four years they've been trying this? Yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. Right now, Philly is up. Ben Simmons has 4.7 assists, five rebounds, one for four, and he shot a three tonight. He's 0 for 1. Look at that. that The The trade rumors might be done, and he's shooting threes. We might see a different Ben now. Ultimately... In the show, y'all will never win anything because D'Antoni is on that squad as a coaching staff. D'Antoni will mess it up at some point. Defense is not a priority, as we've seen. You they have – exactly. <laughs> you have D'Antoni on your coaching staff. You have Steve Nash as your head coach. Both people that come from no defense systems. You have James Harden added to the mix. It's too many personalities. Y'all won't win a championship. You still got to deal with the Lakers. Lakers in six, not five. Brooklyn, oh, we added James Harden. Lakers in six. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bench mop, we out. Peace. Lakers Peace. in six. 